0: A reading from 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. morning. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this word. Uh, We thank you that you grant us comfort ultimately in Christ. And we thank you that you comfort us so that we might comfort one another. And it's in Jesus' name and in the power of the Spirit that we pray. Amen. You know, much of our modern Western lifestyle, as we know, is geared toward comforting us, promoting our comfort. If you ever hear bedsheet ads, uh, they talk about buttery soft cotton. I mean, you can't get more solace (laughs) than that. And when we think back over the last few years, when COVID and lockdowns were making the rounds, we heard more and more references to comfort food. Amid rising anxieties, folks wanted to know how to make the perfect mac and cheese and and to go back to familiar, soothing dishes of their childhood. And so when we think about this theme, the comfort, or the word comfort, is used ten times in the verses that were read this morning. And see, Paul is not a lazy writer. No, not at all. He's a graciously... Um, emphatic writer, underlining a beautiful truth that God, friends, meets us in our affliction so that we would meet others in theirs, that we would share with others the comfort that we have received. Now, so often we can kind of coast through life and not realize that we need the comfort of God. Think of it. Sometimes when you're in a flight and you're flying in, and it's without much turbulence, you can get to those moments where you almost forget that you're 30,000 feet in the air, that you are really quite vulnerable, despite airline uh, the safety of that method of travel. And likewise, when we're going through the smoother parts of our lives which we enjoy and we love, right? What can happen is those kinds of things can lull us into this sense that we can rely on ourselves rather than on the God who raises us from the dead, as Paul says just a few verses later in 2 Corinthians 1.9. See, when the smoothness of life lulls us, we tend to rely on ourselves rather than on God. And so it is in our our afflictions that God graciously rattles us, wakes us up a bit, and reminds us that we are not self-authored, and we are not self-sustaining. Someone actually recently let me know that they're grateful for their professional development and their opportunities, and that all of their academic studies are now funneling toward these Great opportunities to self-actualize, to self-actualize. You see, the emphasis there is to look within and to rely, again, ultimately on my own resources rather than to look upward in faith and then to look outward in service, comforting others as we have been comforted. Now, the Greek word for comfort actually basically means to come alongside. It means advocate or even legal assistance. It is somebody who comes beside you to strengthen you. And so in our suffering, friends, God is preparing us to come alongside others on their challenging roads in their lives as God has come alongside And so we're going to look at three themes today. First, receiving comfort from our Father. Second, the comfort that we experience in Christ. And third, extending that comfort to others. So first, receiving comfort from our Father. Paul shares here a beautiful good word about the source of our comfort. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the The Father of all mercies and of all comfort. Now, we need to be reminded that the Son did not need to remind the Father to comfort us. Rather, it was the Father's eager desire to overflow with comfort because He is, Paul says, and all the Bible says, He is the God, the fount of mercies. He is the source of all favor and compassion. God, as it were, has a deep feeling for us, a deep sympathy for us as his children. The Puritan preacher Thomas Goodwin said, said, there is no sin or misery, but God has a mercy for it. He has a multitude of mercies of every kind. You see, brothers and sisters, God is not an absent deadbeat dad. Psalm 34.8 says God is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to us in our afflictions, whether those are psychological, physical, financial, relational. He is near to the brokenhearted. And he is the source of compassion. He feels for us. Like a father running to welcome his wayward son home not only to forgive and accept him, but to encourage him and lift him up and embrace him to celebrate his recovery. God is like a father who holds his infant daughter as she fusses and needs to sleep, but can't. God says to us in our trials, and as we ask deep existential questions, why and how do we get through this? He says to us, You may not have all the answers. I may not give all of the answers to your why questions, but you have me. I've answered the who, and I am with you. And so do you know that no matter what you go through, your heavenly Father is your consolation? Do you know that he desires to strengthen you much? You know, when I have hit low times in my life, as I look back, I have realized, and I must realize anew, that my personal God is with me. That air turbulence reminds me that I am vulnerable. I'm not invincible. And I need the one who said to his people in Isaiah 43:2: when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That is reviewing God's presence with his people throughout their historical journey. But it also applies to us now and in our history And so here's the first challenge I want to share with you. Go to your Heavenly Father in prayer and ask for his comfort and then keep going. Approach him, raw and real, bringing your trials and your questions and your doubt and your pain and your worries, believing that he is with you. You know, there's so many other places and and resources from which we try to draw comfort, and some of those are legitimate. You know, family and friends and and hobbies and work when our work is not excessive. (laughs) And there are other places where we try to draw comfort, some of which are not legitimate. Uh, Too much wine, substance abuse, Or other kinds of addictions but at the end of the day there is only one source about which we can say and sing and we have today sweet comfort father you are my sweet comfort the Puritan preacher John Flavel said this God in whose hand are all creatures is your father and is much more tender of you than you are or can be of yourself. See, friends, we cannot be, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians nine. again, we cannot rely on ourselves for sweet comfort. Self-actualization will ultimately lead, if we keep following that road, to self-ruin but God is our comfort. And so go to your Father. And also we experience acutely comfort in Christ. Our Father is the source of comfort, and the Son, we could say, is the center of his comfort. You see, Jesus is tangible proof, God's tangible evidence that he really does get us. Verse 5 says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings so through Christ we share in comfort too now this word for share in Greek is koinonia it means we participate with or in we are deeply acquainted with something and so at the very core of Christian experience when we participate in Christ's sufferings What Paul is saying here is that it's actually a privilege in a way because we also get to participate in the comforts of Jesus. You see, Christ knew affliction throughout his life and acutely toward the end of his life, but he also knew the comfort of his heavenly Father. And so when we are hurting, friends, We can know that the wounds of Jesus are effective to minister to our wounds. And we know there in that place that God has shown us that He has the credentials to care for us, that He is truly present with us. One theologian has said the main reason Christians assert that God can be trusted in suffering. Is that God Himself has experience with suffering. Not simply that in the way that He knows all things, but in the Son, He has actual experience with suffering. Last night, uh, a lot of you know if you were nearby uh, in South Orange County last night, uh, we had a rare thunder and lightning show. It was pretty spectacular. you know, things are pretty comfortable and even here in Southern Cal, but we, we were sort of jarred a little bit last night. And when I was looking over my notes last night, one bolt and clap were, were like a bomb exploding. I, I'd never actually experienced that in 22 years there in Lake Forest quite like that. Uh, car alarms were, went off. And I was reminded of many years prior uh, in that house when our boys were little and there was a lot of thunder and lightning, and they ran into our room, not only excited uh, about the experience, but kind of scared <laughs> and wanting, wanting to camp out. Uh, last night, it, it was our, actually our big watchdog who ran into our room and went under our bed <laughs> and, and needed my solace. <laughs> Great watchdog. Um, But I was thinking back to those moments when my sons came into the room. Now, if I had been gone, uh, FaceTime wasn't yet invented, but you can think of a father or a mother, you know, texting or calling or FaceTiming, and that can be reassuring. But there's nothing like comforting presence with skin on. And you see, my sons needed my presence with them, that tangible awareness that here is the embodiment of consolation and calm, and I'm going to be okay in this storm. And so Christ is that consolation of God, literally with skin on. He has come alongside us. And so, when we, even as adults, can't get to sleep, when the proverbial thunder and lightning keeps us up because we're we're worrying about certain circumstances and we wonder if our heart is going to pound out of our chest, we can know that Christ knows our struggles. Think of it Jesus prayed so intensely to his Father that the cup of judgment would pass from him, that we are told he sweat drops of blood. He, He, in anguish, sweat drops of blood. And therefore, he understands when we sweat, just sweat, but we sweat about our next lab report or about the stock market and the future of our finances, Or we're hurting about a once close relationship that's mysteriously gone cold, and we can't quite fix it. Or we worry about our grades, or the school we're going to get into, or the job we're going to get in this economy. Or we're anxious about finding just the right person to marry. Or we stay up at night worrying about our kids, or our grandkids, or at times both of them. You see, God in Christ is with us. He is consolation with skin on. But Paul is actually going a little further than this. He is talking about not only the the personal trials we go through, just experiencing life, but he's talking about the pushback that we receive for believing in Jesus, And so as we share in our sufferings, because people sometimes give us a hard time for believing in Christ, Paul is saying that that he understands that and that he likewise shared in the, the suffering of Christ because Christ promised his disciples that the world would in some sense hate us as it hated him. And so Paul said in Philippians that he wanted to know He wanted to share in the power of Christ and his resurrection that he might also share in Christ's sufferings, becoming like him in his death. You see, when we say we want to be like Jesus, it means that we're signing up to become like him in his death. But in that awareness, we realize that Jesus plunged himself into our darkest hours, into our human experience, so that in those places of discouragement, his light would shine. His light would lift us up and illumine us through those dark places. And so, friends, here's the second challenge. Go to Christ, who is the Son of God. He has participated fully in our human experience. We are so inclined and bent towards self-soothing. That's what the culture encourages us to do. But Christ says, turn to me, and I will be your true, your sweet comfort. And so we receive the comfort of Christ and then we extend that comfort to others. And that's really what Paul is emphasizing in this passage. You see, the stream of comfort flows downward to you and me so that, so that it might go outward through us to others. And, and I think when we suffer, we can go into a, a kind of philosophical mode. We want to maybe solve a puzzle why is God allowing this certain thing to happen? And friends, one of the answers is so that we might encourage others as they walk through their afflictions, just as Christ has come alongside us on our difficult road. You see, we're maybe looking for the why, but but Christ is saying, let me give you the what. This is what you are to do in and through your suffering. One writer has said that God does not comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters. And so easy we focus on, you know, how am I going to get through this? And the Lord says, you know, one way you're going to get through this, let me reframe it, you're going to get through this by going outward and ministering to others in their pain. And so are you aiming to give encouragement and solace to those who are seeking solace as well as you have received solace from your Father in Jesus? Again, we often find that the comfort we're giving is the comfort that we're receiving. And and Paul knew brutal sufferings that were particularly related to being an apostle of Jesus Christ. And in the verses following the ones that we read this morning, he said to those believers, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the tribulations that we experience in Asia, where they went out to share the gospel to hostile groups. And Paul went so far as to say, now, now, talk about being real. He said, we despaired of life itself. This became so difficult, but we went through this so that we might help you in your affliction, so that we might ease your suffering and so that you might participate with us in the suffering of our ministry so that we might all together experience not only the power of Christ's resurrection, but his afflictions so that we might be conformed to him. And so this all happens so that we might know uh, the power that Paul experienced through his weakness. You know, we've perhaps heard, perhaps you've heard the phrase wounded healer. And that means that we experience the power of Christ's wounds uh, that, that enable us, that empower us to help others Not necessarily always through our strengths, but through the hard things that we've been through, through our trials, through our losses, through our wounds. God wants us to be more effective wounded healers. And so the answers to our trials are relational in all directions we receive from the Father through the Son so that we might minister outward to others. And I think that, friends, some of us, because of our personalities, because, some of the, because of some of the trials we've been through, there might be a tendency, and I say this gently, there might be a tendency to isolate from Christian community when life gets hard. We might feel that that is a permission, really, to check out, to cocoon. But this is saying, the Lord is saying, I am saying, as your pastor, please don't. Actually, fight your tendency, fight your nature to pull back from Christian community, because it's precisely at that place where you feel like all of your resources are depleted and you have nothing to give. It might be at this very place that you have the most to give. It's paradoxical. Your struggle can be a blessing to others. As you are there for them, God is using you as a wounded healer. He is ministering to you as he uh, ministers through you. Uh, a lot of you know that uh, Liz and I, with my lifelong kidney disease as it's progressing, just a few weeks ago, we went up to UCLA, uh, the transplant center, and, and spent a day up there going through the process to get on the waiting list. It, it's really something. You have to interview different doctors and social workers and so forth. And as I suspected, um, one of the experts there said, As we asked them candidly, what's the hardest part of this? And I I knew the answer. She said, it's actually not the surgery as much as all the drugs you're going to have to take afterward. They're rough. And and I've researched and I know they're rough. And so as I've been thinking about this over the years, this is not actually an area of life where I tend to feel sorry for myself, partly because I've had it my whole life. I probably feel sorry for myself and other things. (laughs) Um, But not this one so much. But as I ponder all this, you know, I don't know the hidden plan. I don't know why the 4A3 chromosome mutated somewhere in my family tree's history. I don't know why that happened, but that's a pointless exercise. What this tells me is I do know the God's revealed plan and purpose for me. You see, Christ has ordain, the Father has ordained that I go through this, so that Christ might come alongside me in my suffering, so that I might come alongside you and yours. And, and this came home to me really in a new way. This week, as I was working on this passage, I thought, wow, that's it. So I got to tell you, for the next two years here, I, or whatever, I am not excited about possibly being hooked up to a machine or staying in the hospital for eight days of surgery or being so jacked up on prednisone that you're going to have to be careful when you don't trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not excited about any of that, but I am, I am excited to meet Christ's strength in that place of weakness. What an opportunity f- to become a better wounded healer who shares in the consolation of Jesus uh, so that I might share that with you in your trials. And, and I know that you know this experience that perhaps when you're going through depression or anxiety or the loss of a loved one or the impending loss of a loved one, you think, man, I, I got a cocoon in this. I got a retreat. But it's as God meets you with his strength and your weakness, that you can go out to others, and then you find the Lord is empowering you. And let me add to that, that this is not always linear. It is not always sequential. And what do I mean by that? It doesn't mean that, that we have to be, you know, fully charged up with the strength of God before we go out. Rather, it is... Um, overlapping you see you experience god's comfort uh, and then you comfort others but sometimes it's as you walk with others that you start to notice that god is comforting you it's like oh well there it is as i serve i realize that the consolation of god is serving me And so here is your third and last challenge. Reach out to others with the comfort that you have received from your father in the son. Call folks, uh, text them. Risk that awkwardness of, of going out for coffee and seeing how people are doing. Write a card. You know, I can't tell you how comforting it has been to me Over the years, uh, as as some of you have written cards, and, and you know, we think, does that do any good? Oh, it does good. It ministers to the soul. And pray for each other. Let your brothers and sisters know that you are bringing them before the throne of grace and that there is a God who has taken on our skin. Invite yourself into people's lives and others into your life. And you may come to find that the comfort that flows out of you toward others is ultimately that comfort from God flowing down to you through his wonderful, merciful Son. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God of all comfort and we so need you because this world is, is full of so many challenges, God. And, and I know there are people here today, if they're not experiencing a trial, um, somebody in their family is. Whether it's relational, uh, the experience of drifting and rejection, or impending loss as, as folks here are facing sickness or the aging of parents and grandparents or god it, we are worried uh, about finances and the economy we are worried about wars and rumors of wars god in all of these things our our lives are shown to be so fragile and finite And we pray that you would use that air turbulence to remind us that we cannot ultimately rely on ourselves. The the goal of our lives is not self-actualization, but learning to rely on you and your son, Father. And we pray that as we confess our weaknesses and our brokenness and our flaws and our mutations, that we would realize that you are our all and that in our weakness we experience your strength we thank you that we serve a savior who took on our weakness who took on our flesh that you are the consolation in our skin therefore we know that you are a god who is near who cares And that you can be far more tender toward us than we could ever be toward ourselves. So God, lift us up when we go through dark places and show us the light of Christ. And Father, we pray that as we experience your comfort, and we pray that we would, we also ask that we would be channels of comfort flowing outward to others. God, help us not to cocoon, but to serve, and in so doing, help us to experience your consolation for all of us together in community, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.